our places, our people. These are our stories. Welcome to Our Stories. Uh, these are the stories of the local businesses uh, that you know in our part of the world, uh, but you may not know the story behind it all. And uh, that's what we break down uh, in these little podcasts. And uh, I'm quite excited to hear the story of uh, this wonderful uh, local business. And it's one that's a lot of fun. It's one that uh, all of our kids have gone and visited uh, with school excursions. So it's one that I recently was lucky enough to go visit and uh, check out one of their latest attractions. We'll talk a little bit more about that coming up. It is the Darling Down Zoo in Pilton. And uh, one of the owners, Stephanie Robinson, joins us for our stories. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I'm great. And you? Yeah, not too bad after I found a park. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome into the city. <laughs> now, you and uh, husband Steve, uh, tell, take us back to to where this begins for you. Uh, the the idea of owning a zoo, uh, you know, because to most of us, even you know the the most ardent animal lover, that seems like a real pipe dream. So, where does this all begin? I suppose you could say it started with. If we go all the way back, my husband, when he was a child, he used to actually catch animals for um, the late Eric Worrell, who was a very remarkable uh, reptile man, and um, also for Taronga Zoo. And so as a kid, he used to get asked to go catch things for them, uh, you know, a lot of the Aussie natives, reptiles particularly. So uh, was he based in New South Wales? He was a Sydney boy, yeah. And so because he loved animals, he was raised on a chook farm and didn't like that. So, you know, he would bring home, for example, a fox and his dad would get upset. (laughs) Um, And his goal had been to own a zoo. Working toward that back in those days wasn't something that was easy. But he ended up getting into circuses. His family sold hay to the circuses. And so he learnt to do animal handling, went and got himself a job in transport industry to learn about and how to run transport and built his own Circus, Robinson's Family Circus, which was at the Brisbane Exhibition for near 20 years. He was actually part of the movement to bring standards of animal keeping into Australia. Yes. There were no zoo standards. Circus, The circus industry put together some standards, got them professionally done and put them to the government and said, we'd like you to make these standards. Eventually, uh, I met him and he was getting ready to retire his circus and together we built a zoo. So he had lions and tigers and I had birds and snakes. <laughs> so he has the lions and the tigers, which are left over from the Robinson's family circus yeah. that was at the RNA for all of those years. Yep. Uh, and so where do you come in with the birds and the, and the reptiles? So where does that start for you? Well, um, that started for me because as a child, I was always animal crazy. Yep. My mum used to get terrified of me going up to the biggest dog I could find and having a big cuddle. <laughs> Where uh, did you grow up? Where, where... Um, Gold Coast and Brisbane. Okay, right. So um, South East Queensland. Queensland. And you're, uh, you're just obsessed with animals. You, yeah, you just find yeah, you love definitely. them. And uh, it's just, I suppose it's in you. You know, it's one of those things. It's either in you or it's not. And yes. Together, you know, we balance. You know, he has mm-hmm. animal uh, training and that sort of thing, and I'm just a natural born mother, and so I do all the hand raising and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and um, it it really balances that way. Does then the thought go to okay, what do I do with this? Do I become a vet, or do I, you know, want to be, work maybe for a zoo or a, a become a zoologist? What, is that uh, sort of in your mind as to what you're doing at the end of school? Well, I was pushed away from animals. My mother okay. said, there's no money in animals and there's no profit, that's for sure. 
<laughs> but um, but you do it for love. And, yep. you know, so she had tried to push me away. And, yes, she tried to push me in a veterinary. But yep. vets, you know, while they're absolutely essential, their job is not caring for animals. No. Their job is fixing problems with animals. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot more dissection and stuff than what I'd like to do. So, yeah. Which I can imagine would be very heartbreaking for, oh, for an absolute you know, animal lover. The amount lover. of animals that a vet would put down in a year, oh. I expect, would be staggering. I, I don't want to go there. You know, it's it's hard enough in the zoo. We Animals don't live as long as us. Yes. And so you do have a lot of animals that um, it's like young all of and us then you get pets. others that live till grand old ages and, and you wish they'd just fall in their sleep. You know, <laughs> you, you don't want to have to make that call. So, it, you know, it's always uh, heartbreaking. Yeah. But by the same token, yeah, I'd much rather be the carer. And so you were constantly gathering animals to bring home, but you were being pushed out of that as well, I'm assuming? Yeah. yeah. My sister was afraid of <laughs> reptiles particularly. I used to love, um, you know, catching the bearded dragons and you know, watching her climb on the table and run away. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, I suppose. That's brilliant. Um, um, but we were never allowed to have snakes until Dad left the, the house. So, right, yeah, okay. So until I moved out, I couldn't get a snake. So now the two of you are together and you share this common bond of just yep. loving animals. Yep. Uh, and obviously he's – when you met him, was the circus still running is it, or had it already wrapped up? Um. When I first met him, he was still running. Yep. Um, his son ended up taking the circus and continuing on with the circus. Initially, we went out with another family uh, on the road just for a year to right. get us settled, figure out where we wanted to go and where we wanted to, to build. And um, yeah, here we are. How do you come across this place at Pilton? When we did start looking, we initially were looking at the Hunter Valley region and here because it's a big family growing area. Uh, we didn't want to go where there's too many people like the coast because we didn't want to be relying on tourists. We wanted to be for Australians. And so um, we're not looking for the big tourist dollar and, and uh, we much rather, we're country people. We much, even though neither one of us were raised in the country, it's where our heart is. And so we didn't want to go to the glamour, if you like, of the coast and uh, wanted to be where the, the real people live. So then you, you find this block of land. Uh, I guess the next thing is now, was the land for sale or did you yeah. have to sort of sit on your hands and wait for this to, no, to come no, about? No, no, The land was for sale. Beautiful lady, Shirley Murray, um, wanted to subdivide some of her land off, so 50 yep. acres to begin with. And what we were looking for was a property with trees. There's not many out here. Most of it's been cropping land. Yeah. And so there wasn't a lot of properties with any actual trees on it. First time we looked at the property must have been this time of year and they'd just done a harvest because we got out of the car and we're just swamped with flies. When we spoke to uh, the council and all the requirements and electricity and everything, just the setup there was going to be a bit higher because there was no power anywhere near the property. There was no water. And so initially we started looking for other properties and looked at a few, but eventually it was about nine months later, came back to this one. Yep. Um, it was still the ideal with the trees and everything. And we had another look at it. And it was obviously a different time of year. There wasn't any flies and we never thought about it <laughs> again until we moved in. But harvest season, every year we get the wretched flies. Oh, it's all part of it. All part <laughs> but and it's all part and parcel. It's Absolutely. called the Great Aussie Wave for a reason. And yeah, we were lucky enough. The property was still for sale. Yep. And... Uh, yeah, we got the best neighbour we could, and ultimately she sold us the balance of the property yep. when she moved into town. So yeah. your first block was how many acres again? Fifty. Fifty. Acres. And then, and then, what is the the zoo now? Well, in the end, we bought um, the two properties, which totaled one hundred and seventy-two, yep. and we've subdivided fifty off as a home base. And the zoo is now one hundred and twenty-two acres. Wow, isn't that fantastic? Uh, so, what year was this when you uh, when you purchased the uh, the land and you're getting ready to go? 
2002. Yeah, so, so 2001, late 2001, the sale went through. And yes. then we moved there in January 2002. And so now the, the process then begins of stocking this zoo, building. which, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, building the structures yep. uh, and then and then stocking the zoo with the with the animals. And, and I can only imagine that that in itself now becomes the uh, a bit of a, an overwhelming task, uh, looking at, gee whiz, there's a, there's a lot to do now. Even moving to the property, we had to wait till we got the DA approved and, yeah, all sorts of things. When we did move and we're bringing our first load of animals onto the property, it poured down rain and, of course, black soil. We ended oh, up with yes. our, our truck of lions literally across the side road. Wow. <laughs> we couldn't go anywhere further. So that was a fun night. Uh, <laughs> and so they were the first of the real animals, the, the lions. Yeah, yeah. well... Yeah, we did a lot of, we got fences in before we yep. could move in. So yep. once we purchased it, we had to get basic fencing so we could move in the yep. animals that we had, the llamas and a whole heap of animals that we did have. Yeah, a lot of that basics were done. And then we had to start moving animals. So it was... And so how do you go about acquiring like lions, for example? I mean, I'm assuming, you know, you don't just look up the classifieds and yep. uh, look for lions for sale. I mean, how do you go about getting lions that well, because... uh, are the right animals to, and then everything I'm assuming has to be approved and ticked yeah, off? Because we, uh, Steve had had so much history with um, the circuses, circus. but also yep. with zoo, um, zoos, because in his role with the getting the standards and everything through the circus, he was part of the animal exhibited committee that the government had put together with zoos and circuses and everything to get all those standards set up. So he had a lot of contacts and a lot of knowledge of the whole industry through that New South Wales branch, not so much Queensland. Queensland didn't have a great deal of licensing back in those days because right. effectively there was wildlife parks. Yes, and there was Dreamworld Tigers and even Australia's who didn't have exotics at that stage. No. Really. Um, so they were, everything was quite small back then. And so there really was just the tigers. And I th- think SeaWorld possibly had the polar bears by then. So okay. there, there wasn't a great deal of zoo industry movement in Queensland. No. And so that sort of happened subsequently. Because there was the Alma Park Zoo down in Brisbane. But once but it again, was... it was only little and only a few yeah. monkeys. They didn't a few have monkeys a, and those sort of things. That's what I remember. Yeah. I can't remember their collection back then, but yeah, so there wasn't a huge amount. And so our state government had not really put together a whole portfolio, whatever you want to call it, of of what they needed for the industry. And so initially they just went off New South Wales standards because New South Wales had had a bigger industry. Um, And so... As I say, everything's evolved over that time, and now Australia, uh, Queensland has, you know, much um, more regulations yep. and uh, everything around the whole industry. Well, that's where we'll leave it for this episode. But uh, be sure to keep an eye on the Listener app because coming up, part two of the incredible story of how we got a zoo at the Darling Downs.